Hey, welcome back to another episode of Not Your Average Hunter. My name is Ethan Mathias, and on this episode, I'll be talking with my buddy Ben Cole. Ben's one of the co-owners of Breakline Optics. He's the owner of Rooted Television on YouTube. He's published a ton of articles for Ducks Unlimited, Delta Waterfowl, and a ton of other uh, magazines, online forums, different things like that. Uh, you can check Ben out on Instagram at Benjamin the Duck Hunter. Thanks, and hope you enjoy this episode. Mr. Cole. How's it going? <laughs> Finally got you on here. Yeah, I know, man. It's been a little bit. Uh, you know, we've both been busy and trying to line this up for months now, and it's great to finally be on. Yeah, man. Glad to have you. I, uh, glad you didn't have to make the trek over. I don't know about your house, but it's thunder and lightning and the wind's blowing like crazy at my house, so I'm glad you didn't have to get out. Man, isn't that what duck hunting's all about? <laughs> yeah, if we're not killing ducks, though. <laughs> so. well, hey, man, that that logic is still live today in me every day. It never changes. If it's raining, I'm like, all right, cool. <laughs> well, we'll save uh, we'll save that for uh, duck season this year. Sounds like a plan to me. So, what you been up to today? Oh man, just lining up stuff, getting ready to. Get all these farms tied up for hunting season. Yeah, as you can say, you, uh, you've been out of town for a little bit, haven't you? Yes, and I'm going back out of town next week, and then the following week I'll be gone too. What uh, what you got on the agenda? Oh, man, I'll be at uh, Soggy Bottom Boys Outfitters for several days. We're doing some filming and then getting ready to plant some plots and for ducks and deer and in southern Illinois and western Kentucky and Missouri. You're all over the place. All over, man. Speaking of uh, soggy bottom outfitters, you uh, uh, that recent episode you just posted on uh, YouTube. Yeah, uh, that place looks pretty neat. What? Tell me a little bit about it for everybody else listening. If they haven't seen the video yet, what it looks like, man. So soggy bottom boys outfitters is probably one of the diverse, most diverse outfitters that I've ever been to, because they're central. They're located in southern Illinois. But we've got ground in Missouri and Western Kentucky. Now, the beautiful thing about that is, is we're right where the Mississippi and Ohio River converge. The confluence of those two rivers is where we are. We have the Ballard Refuge, which is Ballard County, Kentucky, that sits not far from where one of our primo farms is for waterfowl. We've got, you know, several places to hunt ducks in, in that part of the state and um missouri's the same way we're real close to daybreak and southern illinois i mean we're all just right there in the mecca of where all the ducks come down right before they hit arkansas oh man you get the sweet spot yes sir so i'll be shooting <laughs> them before you do <laughs> hey we'll see who gets them first probably you <laughs> it's not for lack of trying Hey, man, no doubt about that. We definitely put the effort in on both ends, you know? Yeah, no kidding, man. I that, uh, I watched all your videos on YouTube, man. It, that place looks pretty awesome. I, I didn't know that's where they were located, but yeah, that's, uh, that's awesome. We've got, we've got flooded timber, flooded fields, and the beautiful thing about some of our timber is when that Ohio River jumps the banks, man, we have a fresh stand of flooded timber, so – it is unbelievable all the mallards that will pile into those small little holes and creek channels 
in that timber and you know we don't even have to pump it we don't have to do anything it just naturally does on its own oh man that that area is a hot spot too i've got two points right now for ballard so hopefully this is my year hopefully so man just just holler at us we're always running hunts out of that area yeah man that'd be awesome that that's a every time i i see a buddy go up there i all i get is just pictures of full limits and nothing but green yes sir so the way our farms are set out you know we've got uh, a big operation so that way we can rotate hunters and and not over hunt any given spot at any given time so in missouri we've got like the rice fields and uh some sloughs and flooded areas that we can go in and they dry up during the summer so we can go in and plant your japanese millet your chihuahua millet and things of that nature now one thing we're going to do this year is in the areas that do not drain, we're going to go in with wild rice. Man, wild rice, supposedly, now I ain't never tried this, but this will be new for this year. Supposedly, it will grow in one to five foot of water. Oh, yeah, 100%. 100%. We are going to go and plant several areas in the wild rice, and that way we've got solid food for the season. So, yeah, and the, the good part about that too is next year. It, I mean, it, not all of it will come back, but a, a good portion of it should come back. Oh, especially actually, if you get a, a good growth on it this year. So that's awesome. I'm all about that. Yeah, so we do that, and then when you ease over towards Missouri, or I mean Kentucky and Illinois, we've got flooded cornfields, bean fields, uh, Japanese millet sorghum all that uh we've got the stuff from mossy oak biologic planted for the ducks it's uh pretty unique how we're set up man because when that river bottom comes up so all the deer come out of the river bottoms onto the high ground so we're doing this cool thing this year called the duck deer combo you get to duck hunt in the morning and go chase an illinois bruiser in the afternoon (laughs) yeah that's that's a win-win there it sure is, man. We've got – so we've got a 50% success rate on – and I'm not talking about misses. I'm not talking about encounters and didn't draw back. I'm not counting about wounded deer, nothing. I'm counting deer at the meat locker hanging. There you 50%. go. Oh, that's awesome. Bow hunts. Well, the, the good thing about that, too, is uh, Illinois is a whole lot easier to get to than Arkansas shorter drive oh absolutely is it's yeah, a, with fuel prices going up <laughs> so no-brainer at our east side lodge in three hours on the dot oh man yep. oh that, that beats a four and a half hour drive yeah <laughs> all day long. it man four hour drive is rough Woo! Yeah. not really driving to oklahoma is rough that's a 12 hour stretch but <laughs> yeah i was gonna say kansas is that's a tough drive for me. I, I don't mind Oklahoma, but Kansas, man, 15 hours. Oh, yeah, that's a long one for sure. Yeah, a so, lot of bathroom breaks. So, yeah, any of the <laughs> listeners out there that are looking for a place to, to duck and deer hunt, holler at me. You can find me on um, Instagram, Facebook, Benjamin the Duck Hunter, Rooted Television. Hey, I can set you up on a pretty sweet hunt. Yeah, and if you can't get in touch with Ben, contact me, and I'll put you in touch with him. Absolutely. <laughs> Sounds great to me. Whatever works. Oh, man. Well, uh, well Ben, let's get into it. I, w- I definitely want to ask a little bit more about that. So how long have you uh, 
how long have you been in the outdoors or Man. when was the first time you got out? Ooh. I have been chasing these old ducks for over 20 years now. My dad took me when I was six years old on the infamous Lake Gunnersville. No kidding. Buddy, I have been hard up for it ever since. In fact, majority of my career has been on Lake Gunnersville. Now, that was back in the early 2000s, you know, 2006, all the way up until, you know, mid, mid-2000s. That was when it was right. You know, I mean, Dad took me in the 90s. Man, there were so many ducks on that lake. It was unreal the number of birds that wintered on Lake Gunnersville. And even so, man, when I was 16, uh, even through college, it was nothing to go out and shoot a, a quick limit or, you know, at least you're going to at least get a shot on some birds. And, I mean, don't get me wrong, there were several stale days and, you know, just like everywhere else. But, man, over the past five years, it has really declined in in not a good way. I don't know if it's from the pressure or just not getting cold enough because last year I was driving to to the East Side Lodge and man there were thousands of canvas bags hanging out right there in between the two rivers where it was I, would have, I would have slammed on the brakes. I did. Right <laughs> on the bridge. Held up traffic. The whole works. I was like, sorry guys, there's ducks over here. I gotta look. <laughs> Yeah, knowing you, I know you weren't kidding. I bet there's black streets on that road. Yeah, heck yeah. Yeah, we we locked her down quick. <laughs> oh, yeah, and you're, fr- you're from Alabama originally, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, I'm originally from northeast Alabama, just right outside of Lake Gunnersville. So I've been from one end of that river to the other. I mean, tell me if I'm wrong, but you think the uh, the amount of bass tournaments out there pushing all the ducks up? <laughs> That, that lake is always fish, man. Listen, I can tell you some stories about some bass fishermen, but uh, we won't get into that because they're probably good Christian people, <laughs> you know, and I don't want to badmouth nobody. But, uh, but hey, you know, it's a public place, so we all have the right to be out there. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's, that's a great lake for fishing, though. There's no oh, doubt about that. It is. It sure enough is, man. I'm actually going here soon to get my golden eye back that I killed on Gunnersville. Man, he was something special. Oh, uh, man. You want to talk of... about Hank of a duck? Gosh dang, man. Those things are resilient. Oh, yeah. For sure. Uh, the one I shot, man, he had a pellet lodged in his bill. And, uh, like, his skin had grown over it and just healed. And he was fine. Tell me you got it mounted like that, too, because that's going to be the coolest mount. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. I, I told my taxidermist, I was like, hey, man, look, I want to keep this the way it is. So, <laughs> older, whatever that looks like, you know, I'd, I'd like to do that for sure. That's awesome. But yeah, man, so I grew up doing that and been at the duck game for over 20 years now. And I think we're looking at year 25, 26. Heck yeah, man. Nothing wrong with that. No, sir. Nothing at all. It's It's been a fun ride, to say the least, and a lot of time spent in God's beautiful creation. Yeah, I was going to say, you get to see some of the best sunrises and sunsets you'll ever see. No doubt. And, oh. you know, there's nothing quite like the smell of burnt gunpowder, coffee, and bacon. Oh, man. Yeah, that's, that's the recipe for success right there. Absolutely. Flying <laughs> everywhere and wet dogs, man. <laughs> <laughs> they should make a cologne that smells like all that good together. 
or at least an air freshener for your truck. Yes. It will yes. at least make you feel like duck season's still going. Yes. <laughs> and you know what's crazy is usually on day 60, I am so tired. I'm like, God, oh, I can't wait for just snow goose season. And then I get to snow goose season, I'm like, man, I really wish duck season was back. <laughs> and we get in the summer, and I'm like, gosh, dang, I'm ready for duck season to get here. What do we even do during the summer? You know, I mean, do as many work weekends as you want, but, that, man, it's still not the same. Yeah, no doubt, man. So that's one one good thing about what I do for a living, and that's rooted television. And, um, you know, I, I'm a partner in – Breakline Optics, and uh, I own a wildlife management company, so I'll go into properties and fix them up for deer and ducks and all that kind of stuff, so that gives me some flexibility to go up to Illinois for a week or two and plant what we need to plant, get the work done, and, you know, I'm not so tied down by a normal job, if you will, and uh, you know, I still do the riding and all that kind of stuff too, but having the ability or having somebody that can really make your property hold birds, it all starts with food and natural habitat and cover. That's where it all lies. Oh yeah. There's no doubt about that. Yep. For sure, man. Yeah. So I'm, I, you kind of pointed out something I want to touch on, uh, Writing that was one of the first ways I, I noticed you a while back. You know, I, I guess we've known each other about three years now. Yeah. I saw you posted some articles for different magazines, different things like that. How did how the heck do you even get into writing articles and publishing stuff? Uh, funny, funny question because I was probably the one that would be voted most likely never to write a story <laughs> in high school and college because I hated it. I hated the English class, man, because they make me write stupid things that I didn't care about. Listen, I know everybody has their own things, but I don't care about Hamlet or Shakespeare or none of that stuff. You know, I'm a creative mind. I like to write stories and have it to where people feel like they're sitting in the blind with me and sharing that experience, you know, because, uh, man, when I was a kid, that's all I did was read these magazines and watch the Will Primoses and the Phil Robertson's, you know, the originals. Oh, on VHS. Man, oh yeah. Yes, sir. <clears throat> so, man, I I was at an agronomy job after college and, you know, I was just so tired of it because I was tired of having a boss. I was tired of having to work for somebody. I wanted to do my own thing and I wanted to make my way in this world on my own and especially in the hunting world and um, I had just gotten back from a trip to Rhode Island and Massachusetts for uh, the sea ducks, you know, for my grand slam. Um, I was sitting there at work and thought, man, you know, I think I'm going to start writing and taking pictures. So that's what I did. I went home, got on Facebook Marketplace, found me a little $200 Canon, which I still have today, T3 Rebel, T3i. That thing has been in more magazines than my freaking Sony now. But it was a start. You know, I didn't start with a high-end camera. I started at the very, very bottom. Man, I was turned down 12 times before I was ever published. 12 times people said no, 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 no. 
or would just not message me back. But the, the key here is, is being resilient and, and having that perseverance to keep going and keep trying and not being afraid to ask those questions. So I just kept asking, kept asking, kept asking. And then the door was opened, you know, finally. And man, once that happened, oh boy, it snowballed <laughs> like crazy. After that, man, I, I was, it's kind of a crazy story, but I met one of the guys at Remington, which led me to going on the media hunts with them. And that was on a whim too. Like the PR rep, Jessica, I'll never forget her. And she is an amazing woman. Uh, she was the one that gave me my first ever media hunt. And she called me like on the Thursday and was like, Hey, could you be in Arkansas on Friday? I said, uh, yeah, on my way, <laughs> on my way. So <laughs> I don't know if she knows this or not, but I had no clue where I was going to publish that article. I was just like, look, I'm going to figure it out. I'm just going to go and, uh, get coverage wherever. But, you know, as the good Lord works, man, uh, it's kind of funny, Dan Zimmerman of, the truth about guns just so happened to be in camp too. So me and him struck off a conversation and that's where my article went. <laughs> oh man, that's awesome. Yeah, man. So, you know, I've met a lot of really, really great people in the industry through writing, through the show, through photography work, and just being in camp with all these different kind of personalities, man. I have not been on a trip yet where I have been just like, this sucks. <laughs> it's usually like, dang, this is awesome. These yeah. people are phenomenal. Yeah, you never want to leave. Never want to leave, man. It's um, especially Canada. Canada's a pretty fun one. We did that Remington hunt two years in a row. And let me tell you something, mallards are real stupid in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, it was funny. Uh, I, I saw that you were, and uh, uh, this kind of just, goes back to show how long you've been doing all this yeah. there's this old du article that i found where you know you didn't write it uh i can see who the guy is what's his name a guy named ron spoomer spoomer <laughs> oh, ron really well yeah it uh it was pretty cool though because he was saying he's like yeah you know this guy ben cole just one of the kids out there 20 years old with a beard you know, just so enthusiastic and appreciative of coming out on the hunt. Yeah. Uh, but I thought it, I thought it was pretty cool. I'll let everybody else, if they want to look it up, read about it. But I uh, saw it on DU's website. I was like, man, that that's pretty cool because, you know, you when I took you out on a hunt, you know, you were so appreciative. You were helpful. You you know you you were there. You did everything we could to make it a successful hunt. We had a blast. Oh yeah, man. But you know some some of the younger guys. You know, I've hunted with the younger guys, older guys, but some of the younger guys, man, they they kind of expect to show up and things to be done for them. But when you when you have a when you're 20 years old and you're getting appreciation from older guys, that that's pretty neat. It shows a lot about who you are. Well, man, my dad taught me at a real young age is to never expect anything and always bust your butt, and that has taken me a long way in life, even through the failures, man. You know. Like I said, it goes back to the perseverance and all that. It's appreciating everything and expecting nothing. You know, um, man, and, and it's been a part of just talking to Ron Spoomer. Man, he is one of the coolest individuals I think I've ever spent time in the duck blind with. And, and you know, um, and that's the thing. That's the whole part of duck hunting is 
putting out the decoy spread, muddying up the water, setting the ice eaters out, running the duck calls. Man, I'm just here to tell you, I have been to some of the nicest outfitters in the U.S., and I still put out decoys because that's what I'm going to do. Oh, yeah. I'm not a freeloader, and I'm not a moocher. I'm going to get out there, and I'm going to grind with them boys because, listen, those guys, man, they're, they're working their butts off to put you on ducks. And, you know, one thing that kind of irks me a little bit is, is people get so mad at the guide. It's like, well, you know, ducks fly where they want to fly. They can be here one day and then migrate overnight. I mean, oh, they, yeah. it happens. Yeah, they'll fly 200 miles just to get food. So, yeah. <laughs> there's you no guarantee. Ducks one day and 500 the next. I mean, or zero the next. I've seen it. I've seen all the scenarios over the years, man. And, you know, when I go to an outfitter, I'm just appreciative to be there. First and oh. foremost. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh. ducks, yeah, that's what we're there for, ultimately. But, man, to me, it's more about the experience and sitting in the blind with people and learning people, man, and getting to know people on a personal level. And like I said, the killing of the ducks is a bonus. You know, that's that's the icing on the cake. But um, for me, man, it's just the camaraderie and and hanging out with folks. Because man, I know these these guys, man they they hustle. They really do. Oh yeah, I mean, shoot that that's how they make a living. They yeah. you know they're trying to do the best job they can, and yep. it definitely stinks when you know it, the weather doesn't work out or whatever the situation is. You know, you can't you can't get mad at the at the guide i know it stinks having to fork over cash when you had a bad day but man it's just it, it's part of it it's what you signed up for part of know? the game man uh even if you pay for a lease guess what you're forking over cash for a lot of bad days yep yeah you got that right <laughs> <laughs> you know i mean and the way things are going man those lease prices just keep climbing 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 i'm like yeah i'm good yeah, man, it's, oh. it's insane what property's going for. It doesn't matter what state you're in either. Oh, it doesn't, man. It's, it is absurd what leases are going for these days, man. I can remember a time when, when you could lease deer ground for five to $10 an acre. <laughs> Not anymore. No, you look <laughs> five to 40. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. And, but, uh, but yeah, so that's where the whole riding thing comes come into play and i've been in delta waterfowl carnivore masio gamekeepers um wide open spaces i've been on the cover of on the fly magazine twice um i've written for realtree you know there's i've written for a bunch of different magazines in the industry and i just recently had an article published in north american outdoorsman congrats heck yeah i appreciate it and you know, man, I have to give all the credit back to the good Lord because he's the one that orchestrated all this. I'm just a dude like everybody else. I'm normal, long-haired redneck like every other person in this industry, just like everybody else. Hey, man, you, you didn't give up on the dream, though. You know, nope. you, you had a goal and you set your mind to it. And yeah. Here you are. Yeah, man, and spent a whole life savings on it, too. <laughs> hey, it's just money. Can't bring it with you when you go. No, sir, you can't. So I'd much rather be shooting ducks in the face on film. (laughs) Oh, man. Between photography, videography, you know, writing articles, creating content, you know, YouTube, whatever, or farming, which one's your favorite? Oh, 
Man, it would probably be videoing and farming because I love being in front of the camera to educate people. Like, I love showing people what we're doing. You know, I, I love giving people advice or tips, and maybe it's helpful, maybe it's not, you know, but at least they're seeing what we've got going on in the real side of hunting. You know, and the real side of hunting is it's a grind, number one. Number two is you've got to put in the work and till the soil to reap a harvest. It's just that's just the way it is, man. Uh, you got to you got to do three sixty five ducks and deer. It's all in the same thing, man. It's a it's a hustle to say the least. I mean, we've got probably I want to say a hundred and eighty acres of just duck plots to plant. No, oh, there you go. Y'all running it? Any uh, moist soil this year? Uh, yeah, and some of the timber we are. There you go. Uh, but not doing anything in the, the open ground because we the big fields we just farm anyway. So um uh you know we do a solid rotation of corn and beans and and then in the I mean and man, you know, it's kinda hard to do the moist soil in an area that floods so frequently. Um because that water gets so deep, it's uh it's a real challenge to have any food for the ducks at a depth that they can feed. Yeah, I was going to say, it's tough, too, with that. If you can't control your water, and you're, right. you got all that river water coming in. Yep. Makes it a little, a little challenging. Yeah, it does, man, especially for late-season birds, because, I mean, we'll be all right as far as water control up until mid-December, and then it starts getting sketchy. <laughs> so, yeah, lines start floating, and... Yeah, it, it uh, luckily the ones that float are pontoon blinds and they're pretty sweet. But uh, but man, I'm telling you, it's uh, it's creating the habitat and having the ability just to see what you've done come to fruition, man. It's all the sweat, all the blood. Because let me tell you something: when you're farming, you're gonna cut yourself. Oh yeah, there's no doubt about that. You're gonna ding your knee or your shin on some piece of metal at some point in the process. <laughs> yeah, bump your knee into a desk or hit it yeah. on the hitch. <laughs> yes. It's going to happen. Absolutely is, man. But it's all that, you know, that makes those full strap days worth it. Oh, yeah. And, man, I'd, I'd, I've had a lease for a long time, you know, different properties pretty much every year and finally got a three-year deal worked out on our place. And I keep telling the guys, you know, we we're not going to be the group that just shows up opening weekend expecting to kill a duck. So mm -hmm. every month this year, we're going out there three, four days per month, putting in as much work as we possibly can with 12 guys and getting after it. And uh, you can see the excitement in everybody's face. You know, the more work they put in it, they just keep building new ideas and they get a little bit more familiar with the property. And uh, I, I get more excited every time we talk about it. Absolutely, man. And, you know, one quick little tip I'll throw out there for all you duck boys and girls. Listen, the best key to killing ducks is brushing your blind very well. So your <laughs> highball moon faced friends can't be seen by ducks. We all got them. Everybody's got that one friend that sticks his head out of the blind. And 
you know, like with me, I don't have to wear a face mask. I've got a big old beard and this long hair, so I just kind of blend into the shadows. Um, but I've got some friends, you know, they're slick faced and, you know, kind of city-fied a little bit. And that's okay. You know, everybody's got their own thing or, or they're just, you know, their wives dictate what they do. <laughs> I'm kidding, just kidding. <laughs> they're great ladies. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, you got to have that hide correct and appropriate for where you're sitting. Like, you're not going to put cane on a blind that's in a cedar thicket or in a, a cypress bottom. You know, you're going to you you need to use whatever is there and native to that area so you don't stick out like a sore thumb. You want to blend. That's the whole key is blending in with the surroundings. Now you you could say that a hundred times, man. I I couldn't agree with you anymore on that. Yeah, man, and I, you know, I, we just built a uh, uh, two duck blinds on twenty foot pontoons, put roofs on them and everything because I do not want anybody's face showing. Nobody. Hey, you're doing it right. <laughs> yeah. Hey, look, let's all sit back here, leave the shooting lanes like they are, and. Man, you know, I've had some people tell me, they're like, man, you sure did brush this off the thick in the shoot lines? I was like, yeah, there's a reason. Yeah. <laughs> bust through the brush. It's not a big deal. Yeah, I'll tell you when to shoot. So you, yeah. you, you keep sitting down. Yeah, that's right. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, man, that's what it's all about. And, and you know, brushing your blinds is the biggest part of, of it. I mean, obviously, you got to have the food and all that. But as far as concealment goes, hiding, it's all about the hide. Oh, yeah, concealment is key. It is, man, because, listen, they've got a bird's eye view, literally. They can see excellent, obviously. I mean, they're looking at decoys from hundreds of yards in the air like, oh, look, those look real. No, those don't look real. No, I don't think <laughs> In that bush right there, I don't like it. Yeah. So they can pick you apart, man, and it's that's just one part of a successful hunt is having a good hide. Oh yeah, there's. I mean, there's so many factors, but that that's one that, I mean, don't don't cheap out and and not brush your blind. No, you can't man. preach that enough. If you think it's brushed, brush it some more. Yeah, I, man, I I know you remember this. We had all those uh, hay bales sitting outside our pit that day, and mm-hmm. right before we left, you helped us rebrush yep. it because every time we'd leave, we'd throw one more layer on it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and that's what it takes, man. I mean, it's like you know, in that instance. Y'all were using hay bales, which was perfect because we're in a rice field. Hello. Uh, <laughs> so you have all the brown rice stubbles hanging around. And so it makes sense to use hay. You know, you're not going to put hay on a big old eight foot or 20 foot duck blind in a swamp. No, it no, just doesn't look natural. No, not at all, man. Not at all. So that that's, you know, a good correlation between the two things that, you know, kind of show what different scenarios look like oh yeah no doubt about that uh so what what's your uh what would you say your your goal your mission is with with rooted television and kind of everything else you got going on and my life goal with rooted television is to number one share the gospel and let me say this i'm not a preacher i'm not anybody special i'm a daggum redneck but all I know how to do is that. That's the only way I know how to do it is through the woods because, you know, there's 40 different verses in the Bible that talk about hunting. It starts in Genesis 
the very first book it's in there more than once so you know my life mission with that is to number one share the gospel and number two show people what it's really like i mean real time you know we're not going to a high fence ranch we're really out there grinding and listen, I don't care if a buck's got 120 inches or 110 inches on his head. If he's four years old and older, you've won. You've been <laughs> that mature deer. Yep. I mean, that's just part of the gig, man. I mean, you know, not every buck is genetically inclined to be a 160-inch Boone and Crockett whitetail. It'd be nice, though. Oh, it would be. It'd be <laughs> Buddy, I'd, I'd make a fortune. <laughs> oh it makes those hunts even better too and man you know just showing the camaraderie in the duck blind goofing off having a good time lodge hanging out at the lodge you know showing people what it's really like and not you know a bunch of stuff that may or may not be made up you know um man i'm just about authenticity and and showing people what this was supposed to be because man you know it's not about oh, well, so-and-so shot 38 birds this morning, and we shot four. No, you congratulate them. You say, man, that's awesome. I'm proud for you. Oh, yeah, just like that. I don't know if it was last year or the year before. I was like, hey, man, how's your hunt going? You're like, yeah, man, we shot like 60 today. And I was like, great, we shot four. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I was just as excited for you. Yeah, man, and, and, you know, that's what it's about. Man, it's a brotherhood. We, we don't need to be bickering and fighting at each other and hating each other. I mean, we're all in this together. You know, we should be thankful that we have friends that love to do the same things that we do. Oh, yeah, there's no doubt about that, especially that all the stuff you see at public land now, man, it's just a, a constant fight. And, yeah. you know, you lose a spot. It is what it is, but get them the next day. You know, it's not yeah. worth trying to sink somebody's boat or fight them over it. Yeah. Yeah, man, that's a little excessive. Yeah, no kidding. Be willing to go to jail or get your tail whipped over a feathered creature. Yeah, I would, uh, God, what's that lake up near, uh, is it Real Foot? That guy got killed yeah, two man. years ago? You got to be kidding me. Like four people done got killed. Three. Yeah, man, that, that was a terrible story. But, I mean, four. it's not worth losing your life over. No, it's not, man. It's not. And it's not worth losing a friendship over either. No, not at all. Because let me tell you something, a friend's going to be there a lot longer than those feathered creatures are going to be. Because, listen, there's going to be some day that we all get to the point where we're too old to hunt. Now, I might try to slip out there. I probably will. Probably be that old man dipping out of the dirt, <laughs> you know, at 2 o'clock in the morning, easing on down to a duck hole. But, <laughs> you know, there'll be sirens and police cars probably chasing me if I had to guess. But, you know, man, I mean, there's going to come a time when – you're going to have to rely on your friends for more than just a duck spot. Oh, there's no doubt about that. I mean, yep. I, I've helped some older guys into the woods too. And, you know, it. Yeah. we might be a few minutes late, but, I mean, getting right. that guy out there safely and him just – he might not even pull the trigger, but just seeing seeing the excitement and the joy in that guy's eyes just because he got to go out there, yeah. that means just as much to me as killing. Same here, man, and, and even more so with kids. You know, we got to get these youngins into the into the woods. You know, everybody talks about crime rate, crime rate, crime rate. Well, how many kids that truly love God and truly were raised in the woods 
commit these crimes? I would like to know. I would like to know the statistics on that. You know, like, I've never thought about harming another human. You know, and yeah, I've got guns. I'm very proficient with them. But the thought has never crossed my mind. Oh, well, you know, I'm just going to go and do what these people are doing. No, never. Never. You have an understanding and a respect for them. Yes, because we were raised to know the target and know what's behind it. And we know that pulling that trigger means death. Yeah, you got that right. And it's, there's no second chances. It's not a video game. We don't rebound. We don't come back. We're dead. Yeah, yeah you don't get three odds. No, you don't. And you, you can't buy more. You're yeah. done. You know, I mean, man, but, you know, I mean, seriously, though, growing up, you know, we never heard of any duck hunters or deer hunters just killing mass murders or none of that stuff. Yeah, man. And you do a good job of it. I know, uh, I think last year you took a group out and a bunch of kids. And yeah. I think the phone call after was, Ethan, these guys can shoot. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man, I was pumped. Holy smokes, man. They wore those mallards out. Oh, man, I, I bet you were pumped. Man, I was in the bottom of this pit flipping bacon, running a duck call. <laughs> kill them, boys, kill them. <laughs> With the bacon and going, man, you know, I got biscuits in one hand, duck call. You know, and, uh, man, I was so excited for them boys, and they didn't realize what they had just done. But what they did is they killed a four-man limit of mallards with one hen. No the- kidding. Yes. Oh, man. One hen. <laughs> oh, man. Those kids were, were doing it right. I was like, boys, y'all have figured it out. Y'all yeah. y'all got it big time. Oh, that's awesome. Are, are you doing any, uh, any military or veteran hunts? Yes. Actually, last year, man, uh, one of the guys I grew up with my whole life, his name's Kane Hubbard. Um, he was in the military and served a few tours in Iraq and, um, we had him out at, uh, one of the places last year and took him and killed his first mallard. So yeah, it was awesome. You know, one thing I promise everybody is I have one thing that I can promise. Well, two things, a boat and food. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. As you say, you're not going to lack on the food. No, no. <laughs> shoot, man! Everybody's like, "Boy, you a big old feller." It's like, "Well, yeah, I don't get cold in December like you do." No, heck no. You're shivering, and I'm over there sweating. So you know, no. I'm not a summer beach dweller. <laughs> well, I'm glad glad you're getting kids and veterans introduced to it, man. Because I I feel the same way. It's it's important. I I've got a younger nephew and. He got to go last year during the youth season, shot his first mallard. And, I mean, that, that's my favorite picture of him, man. He's just – they got the biggest smile, you know, ear to ear. And man, yeah. I, I was so excited for him. And there's nothing like watching somebody, whether young or old, take their first animal and the pure joy that is from that. You know, man, like I took this kid on youth turkey hunting in Illinois. And, man, we hunted and hunted and hunted. And that kid was a trooper. And they just wouldn't cooperate. You know, they were just lockjawed, not gobbling, not doing nothing. And, uh, man, we got close. We got within 70 yards. And, 
they just would not commit because they had a pile of hens with them. I mean, why would they go away from a bunch of real live hens to a bunch of plastic ones? I mean, so the the joy on that kid's face after the hunt, even though he didn't kill anything, he still loved the whole experience. And then, and man, that's worth more than gold. It is. Absolutely is. Because, I mean, I've got buddies. I'm sure you've got buddies. You know, they're not, they're not really hunters, but you take them one time and they're like, man, we didn't kill anything. I'm not, why would I go again? Yeah. You know, for a kid to have the understanding, hey, I'm not going to kill them every time I go, but still get excitement out of it. I mean, that goes a long ways. Yes, it does, man. It's, uh, it's the icing on the cake, man, to, to pass our love for the woods on to the next generation. Because, listen, if we don't, there's not going to be hunting in the next 40 years if there's not a younger generation coming up in it. Yeah, I'm scared about that, too, man. You and me both. I, I I hope the next generation fights for their rights and, and continues to hunt and enjoy God's creation because that's the best thing out there. I mean, I'd, I'd take hunting, farming over just about anything. Same here, man, and I'll tell you, next time you're out in the woods, I mean deep out in the woods, I want you to close your eyes and listen, and all you will hear is God's creation, nothing man-made, and it is tranquil and peace that's oh, all that's I've, amazing i've been saying that my whole life that the one place i find peace on earth is where i have no cell phone reception and i'm out in the woods amen to that uh, that's you can't find a better spot than that not at all man it is <laughs> you nailed it <laughs> I'll, nailed. I'll move over 20 feet to make sure my phone doesn't have reception yeah i'll just <laughs> turn mine off <laughs> <laughs> being in sales unfortunately i can't i wish i could yeah, but, yeah. You know, uh, I, I always tell people, it's like, look, if it goes straight to voicemail, it's because I'm in the woods and I don't have service. Leave me a message and send me a text. <laughs> yeah, because I may not see that call for a while. Yeah, I will get back to you. Maybe several hours or the next day, but it will happen. Yeah. Well, man. Well, so I want to ask, I, man, I, I know you've hunted all over the place. What's been – uh been the 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 best spot you've hunted so far whether it's guide public land private whatever man i have to say you know i've had a lot of good hunts over the years i mean man honestly growing up on lake gunnersville with my my brother it's probably my favorite hunts of all time was shooting limits with my little brother man that was that was awesome you know back in the day and you know, we had an old uh, 1970s model low roughneck with a equally as old motor. And, buddy, we skimped back on that river and had a ball, you know, uh, shooting buffalo heads and everything else. But, man, there's nothing like hunting my family, too. Oh, yeah, you can't uh, beat it. Yeah, man. But now, I mean, as far as my career goes, man. That's a tough decision because, you know, I'm doing that waterfowl grand slam and I've got 11 birds left. So I haven't been to Alaska yet, which will probably be the number one. Oh, shooting some Harleys up there or what? Harleys and the king, the old king. Oh, man. Oh, man. Let me know when uh, when you want to book that hunt. I'll make room for one more somehow. That's right. (laughs) Uh, definitely in the works and um you know but man hunting the east 
East Coast and Massachusetts and Rhode Island. And there's just something about being in that cold of a climate with the salt. I mean, man, just the way the salt air hits your face coming out of that sound, man. It's it's something that you have to experience to understand what I'm talking about. And, man, the ducks, oh, my gosh, those sea ducks, man, they just hammer down. I mean, they fly those long lines right to your layout boat. And you're just like, oh, cool, pop. <laughs> the only way to really understand what that's like is to do it. And, man, those ducks will hit those long lines and pop right at your layout blind, man. I shot one so close that it put a half circle through its head. <laughs> yeah. Like, I was like, oh, well, not mounting that one. So... Well, the best part is you get back to the lodge, you got lobster, you got crab. And the and best clam chowder on the <laughs> Oh, man, it is amazing. Absolutely amazing. Oh, man, yeah. I, I, I'm all about some seafood, but coming back from duck camp or duck, coming back from hunting, just having all that food, oh, man. Yes. That'd be the, the second best part of the whole trip. Absolutely, man. Listen. My camera guy, John, last year, he was a chef, too, so I ate good all season <laughs> long. That boy can whip up a meal now. I mean, he can show enough. Man, I'm telling you, I ate so much one night, I was like, gosh, dang, I got to go to bed. You got to be paying him double if he's going to be a chef and a cameraman. I know, right? That's a fine <laughs> job, boy. He did. He did a fine job. That's a good thing to have on the resume. No doubt about it. <laughs> When you're going through a bunch of different uh, resumes, you're like, I'm going with that guy no matter what. He might not even be able to film worth the crap, but he, he can cook. He can cook. We're good. <laughs> no doubt. Uh, well, so, yeah, I was curious about the uh, your favorite hunting spot or places that you've hunted because I, I randomly, you know, another day, I, I even called you. This was forever ago, but scrolling through YouTube one day, watching different hunting videos and whatnot, and I, I see in the background it, it, some video at Stan Jones Mallard Lodge in Arkansas. I see you in the background. And I was like, that's eh, not Ben. And then all of a sudden your name pops up in the video. And I was like, are you kidding me? Ben got the hunt out there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I was cracking up, but man, I, I've, I've always, always wanted to hunt out there. Uh, tell me a little bit about Stan's place. Cause it just, it looks incredible. Man, I have to tell you, Stan Jones has done an excellent job of making his not only his lodge but his ground phenomenal it's next level man i mean you know when you go to pay that much for a hunt you want to make sure that you're you know it's legit and uh buddy it is i mean the beds are nice the showers are nice the food is outstanding man the accommodations are next level the guides are very 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 professional um Man, you know, we shot a bunch of ducks. I, I don't have any complaints about it at all. Yeah, I mean, y'all wore them out in that video, and I, I can't even remember who that video is with or whatever, but, yeah, man, y'all waxed. Yeah, man, we, we killed a lot of birds out there, and, you know, man, it's uh, – I have to say, Stan has done a very good job at, at putting that place together. Yeah, and, and the thing that uh, – I research stuff like crazy. I'm just a, a duck nerd like anybody else. But because uh -huh. that, that back in the day, 
before Stan bought it, it was Hill Slough Hunting Club. Mm-hmm. And I know Jeff Farmer, same guy as White Oaks, developed that property. And for anybody that is like me, you just all you can do is think about developing property, creating habitat, and all this. But I was just curious, you know, could you see, you know, the maturity in the trees, or could you could you tell at one point? Maybe this is what it looked like that came in and developed it, and then Stan kind of fine-tuned it. Man, honestly, it's so seamless, you can't. Oh, man. That's Dude, awesome. Stan has I – mean, it's seamless, man. I mean, there's not a thing that I looked at that I was like, hmm, you can tell this has been, you know, messed with and not done correctly. There's not a place on Stan's farm that I can say that about. And that That's a major compliment because – you know, if you can go somewhere and you can't pick out what work was done, yeah, uh, that means he did it right. Yeah, man, he he definitely takes pride and and a lot of time and effort in making that place a five star lodge. Yeah, I've always been curious because I know guys that hunt the black are always like, man, all those birds are held up over there. Mm-hmm. Uh, just curious, I hunted up in that area for a while. Well, I mean, when you do it right, they're gonna be. Yeah, I was gonna. Hey, <laughs> if you put in the work, yeah. keep them. Yeah, exactly. You've got food for them and habitat. Guess what? They're going to stay for a long time. Oh, yeah. That's what it's all about. So, I I know you talked about this a little bit earlier, but, you know, you guys are starting to develop different properties and everything else like that. I'm sure you've noticed it and seen it and had conversations about it, but uh, what are your thoughts on kind of it seems like the new way of doing things or farming for ducks? Man, I am against zero grading. Not against it. Like, you know, I'm not like one of those big antis or whatever. I'm not going to protest it. But as far as duck habitat goes, I have killed more ducks in natural swags of field than I have ever killed in a zero graded field. Yep. I agree with you on that. I mean, you know, man, I, I mean, yeah, it helps the farmer. And guess what? The farmer don't care about duck hunting. Nope. The farmer is wanting to be as profitable as he can be. So you can't knock him for that at all. But if you're going in and developing your own property, don't go in and zero grade it. Leave those natural swags because guess what? That's where you're going to bang the ducks out every single time. And if you're driving down the highway, interstate, whatever, in duck-rich areas, just look. Pull over and watch the ducks in a field, and you will see exactly what I'm talking about. They will be bunched up in one section of the field that's a little bit lower than everywhere else. That's what we're talking about. We're not talking about a huge slew or anything like that. I'm talking about inches different, like not even real noticeable by the eye, but it is inches different, and that's what makes the ducks sit there because I don't know what it is, to be honest with you, but I've always killed more ducks than natural slags. Oh, I, I totally agree on that. I've I hadn't hunted a zero grade field in five or six years, and they're they're good in the right on the right day. But of course, you're you're not going to sit there every day and kill them. Mm-mm. And if if you do, feel free to invite me. I'll I'll yeah. go hunt with you. I will. <laughs> yeah, Ben and I can be a combo package. Yeah, yeah, I'll bring the the coffee too, and I might <laughs> bacon. Hey, well, we're bringing food. There's no doubt about that. Well, yeah, I ain't gonna get. <laughs> Man, I know it's been a, a hot topic, though, the whole farming for ducks deal. And some guys are saying it's going to have a butterfly effect on on it, but I I don't see the negative. 
Man, I don't either because we're creating a habitat where ducks can make their way on their migration better. You know, and man, I've I've seen ducks breeding and nesting in these habitats that have been created, which is mostly local birds, but still though, you're still increasing the population of ducks. And that's what it's about, man. It's about the conservation aspect of it. We're not, you know, just out here shooting, you know, hundreds of thousands of ducks. We're, yeah, we're killing them and we're eating them. But guess what? We also want to protect and preserve what God has given us to see after. And by that, land management and putting in duck plots, I mean, because guess what? If you don't have the food and you don't have the water, they're going to fly right past you to the next farm and get smashed, period. Oh, you get that right. And I, you know, I've, I've argued with people up and down, you know, game and fish only has so many people. Mm-hmm. So we, are you really going to rely on them to do something that you could help out with? You know, I, I, I know on public land, you can't, you can't really plan anything. You know, you're, you're definitely limited. Mm-hmm. Put out a wood duck box, put out a hen house. You know, you, you can at least help out. You know, maybe you can't do any major construction, but that's fine, man. At least try. Yeah, there's there's always something that you can do to help. Y'all have any major projects going on this summer? Oh man, we've got some new duck blinds going up. Um, mainly just planting and filming and and doing all that fun stuff. That's pretty much the gist of this summer. Is a lot of tractor seat time and and. Uh, you know, just, and too, when I say tractor seat time, we usually, I don't plant a whole field. I, I leave a kill hole for decoys and all that stuff because, you know, it's actually not a legal practice to run through your standing corn with a boat or four-wheeler or whatever. So, you know, I plant around where I'm going to put my decoys and I leave a, a way in and a way out. That's not planted. That's smart. Saves you a lot of work. Yeah, it does. And then I ain't got to mess with nobody. You know, the game warden comes out there and he's like, oh, well, y'all are good, man. So, yep, yeah, we're good. Uh, shoot it all. Saves money on seed and time. It absolutely does, man. And then you don't have any hassle. You know, uh, there's no questions, no nothing. It's just you're by the book and that's that. You know, I mean, there's some things, you know, man, you can't always do everything 100% right because, listen, we're all humans, man. We all mess up, but, you know, making a conscious effort to do everything you possibly can to follow the rules of the land is is what you got to do. I mean, you've got to be exact. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah, there's, there's, you know, I feel like a lot of other, a lot of other things you can hunt. People bend the rules and you can kind of slide by on certain things, but. Not Man, ducks. It, not ducks. I was gonna say. I mean, when it when shooting light ends, it's over. They're in. Oh, one more shot. Let's get one more pass. It's like, no, oh, man. <laughs> we don't play that game. That's when the feds walk out and they're like, "Hey, how's it going?" <laughs> like, Good. Hey, boys. Uh, how about that last shot? Yeah. Who was it? Oh, wait. <laughs> all of you. Oh, good. <laughs> well, yeah, man. That's I've been adamant about that my whole life, man. It, we're not shooting five minutes before. Nope. We're not shooting five minutes after. It's exactly the time that we're given. Yep, exactly, man. And, you know, I I, I mean, because, man, you know, laws change all the time. So you got to read up on those things. I mean, 
the shooting light, it really doesn't change as far as before and after. You know, it's always been 30 minutes before sunrise, but it stops at sunset. It's not 30 minutes after sunset. It's sunset. Oh, the, the amount of times I've heard people say that, I'm like, dude, you got to get deer hunting out of your mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not the same game here. These ain't deer, amigo. They're <laughs> ducks and they're federal birds. And you don't want to mess with the game wardens. I'm telling you, it's not fun. And if you do, man, treat those guys with respect because their job, I, I, I'm sure they love doing what it, what they do, but, man, it's it's got to suck. Just just the people they deal with, you know. Yeah. I know a lot of guys are respectful, but, man, some of them just give give them such a hard time. It's like, man, these guys are doing their job. Just, yeah. just say yes, sir, nod your head, and go on with your day. Well, I'll put it into a little perspective here. You know, people like to get mad at the game more and stuff like that. But listen, what if somebody comes up in your workplace and gets mad at you? What are you going to do? You're going to buck up most of the time. And guess what? That's why game wardens are like, all right, cool. I'll write you a bigger ticket. <laughs> you know, I mean, let me ask you this. And for y'all listening out there, I want y'all to answer this too. Isn't it much easier when somebody comes to you with a situation that is calm? cool and collect than it is somebody yelling in your face and acting outlandish. Oh yeah. It always goes much smoother. I mean, you know, it, it always does, man. And you know, they're just doing their job. They're doing their job just like everybody else is, man. And you know, man, I've met some of the nicest game wardens ever. I mean, they are just genuinely great people and you know, they get a bad rap. For the handful that are, you know, the power hungry guys, but man, you have that everywhere. Yep. That in duck hunting, deer hunting, any industry on the face of the earth, you've got it. But if you show them respect right off the gate, they are less likely to be rude to you. Oh yeah, I mean, buy them lunch too. You see them, see them at a little little diner somewhere in Arkansas or wherever. Yep. Buy them lunch, man, because they may show up to your blind one day. They. You know, you don't have to tell me about them lunch, but huh. shoot, maybe they'll they'll have a little bit more appreciation for guys the next time they go check somebody. Yeah, and, and I'm not think, well, here we go. We're about to walk in on some kind of wild, crazy folks, you know. And, I mean, give them some kind of peace in their job instead of worrying about who they're going to have to run up against, you know. Oh, yeah. I mean, imagine walking up to a group of 10 guys. All of them have guns, and it's 10 versus 1. Yeah, man. I mean, families. <laughs> You know, man, I mean, at the end of the day, a duck ain't worth it. You know? Nope. It just ain't worth it, man. Uh, you know, family comes first, and those guys go home to their families just like we all do. You know, and they've got to make a living just like we all do. Oh, yeah. There's no doubt about that. You know, I mean, it's it's just the way it is. And, and actually, I'm thankful for game wardens because they protect what we're all trying to do. Oh, yeah. I mean, imagine if. If there was no game wardens, <laughs> everyone's shooting early, everyone's shooting over the limit, everyone's shooting after dark. The duck population would be decimated. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then then we wouldn't have – you wouldn't even want to go hunt because no. there's nothing to hunt. Nothing to hunt, man. There wouldn't be any deer to hunt. There wouldn't be anything to hunt. It would just be a repeat of history. Yep. Brings back to 1927 all over again. Yes, absolutely. And you'd have this old redneck, you know, trying to introduce ducks on his farm. 
<laughs> like, all right, guys, let's let's do this and try to get some ducks reestablished in this area. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I'd do something to try to help. You know, um, I mean, obviously, I'd make sure it was legal before I did anything like that. But you know, man, it's just uh, you got to respect those guys because they got to they go through a lot, man. No, it's it's a tough schedule. Yeah, you, you may get off at five, but you run into the wrong group, and next thing you know, you're working till midnight, and then yep. you don't get to see your family or your kids, and mm-hmm. miss out on important life events. So yeah, I mean, that's not fun, man. I mean, nah. I have to miss out on a lot with this show, and uh, every time I come home, man, my little boy is a foot taller. It seems like, and I'm like, man, I have missed it. Hell, shoot, in about six months, he's going to be as tall as you, knowing you. Probably. <laughs> he's going to be a big boy. Man, he's going to have big old grizzly bear hands and just ready to take on the world, if I had to guess. <laughs> you know, look, son, just go into it with appreciation and respect for everybody, and you'll go a lot further, I promise you. Oh, yeah, there's no doubt about that. Absolutely, because, man, if there's one thing that I would like for people to remember me by, well, two things. I want them to remember me as a guy that loved God and a man that was appreciative of everything. And I'll throw a third one on there. Best bacon in Tennessee. Yeah! (laughs) Duck blind bacon extraordinaire. (laughs) Yeah, no doubt about that. Yes, sir. No doubt, man, for sure. Uh, Well, so one of the things I wanted to, to ask you about earlier when we were talking about farming and stuff, uh, what's been one of the best, best producing, you know, waterfowl habitats that you've hunted or, you know, farmed on your own? Man, I have to say it's really been a mix because last year really changed everything up when I hunted with the boys at Soggy Bottoms. Um, man, seeing that river water come in that timber, man, it was unreal. The amount of ducks that poured into that timber. All the headwater or what? Yes. Unreal. I mean, man, literally this farm sits on the Ohio River. So the bank of the Ohio River, the farm starts. We have levee systems through there, of course. But, man, I'm telling you, it was unreal. And Stan Jones with what he's doing with all his stuff, man, that was another prime example of, you know, a quality hunting experience because of somebody's labor and tillage of the soul, man. And, and, you know, um, like you're talking about the, the wet soul, the moist soul, man, that's, I think it's all a solid rotation. You know, you don't ever do just the same thing over and over and over. You, you mix it up because being an agronomist, you know, I look at the nutrients in the soil. Well, if you plant corn for three years, guess what? Your nitrogen is gone. It is way gone. <laughs> All of your nutrients, macro and micro, gone. So you have to do a rotation plan, man. And no, you're not going to kill as many ducks on soybean field as you are on corn and rice. You're not. But you're still going to kill them and you have longevity. That's what you're looking for is longevity. And, you know, even if you switched it up with Japanese millet or chihuahua millet or whatever, man, you know, just changing it up helps the ecosystem thrive. Oh, no doubt. I mean, and I don't know if you remember, I know it was locked up 
when you came out to our place and hunted. But, you know, we had the field out front, mm-hmm. you know, 80-acre field, fully planted everything. Yeah. Right behind that pit, all moist soil. Yep. And it, it's crazy to see, you know, the difference between, you know, one, the weather patterns, but, man, their diet. You know, you got to have some kind of variety. Mm-hmm. You can't just do the same thing every year. It, no. I feel feel like it. the more food that's accessible and the varieties of food, mm-hmm only enhances your chances to kill more birds absolutely right man um you know it's like on on our farm in illinois there we're, we're planting 10 different varieties oh man I yeah, mean, you're setting the buffet yeah i mean every duck hole is different you know one will be corn one will be sorghum one will be pearl millet one will be brown top millet one will be japanese millet chihuahua millet rice all soybeans the whole gamut, man. I mean, we just rotate it so much that way we don't deplete the soil. And here's a fun fact. So the term dirt is misplaced soil. Like mud on a truck is dirt. Essentially. If you go by the agronomy book, um, just, just a little fun fact, you know, (laughs) but whatever. Um, but man, the thing is, is the soil management of, the rotation of the crops because like soybeans are legumes and they fix nitrogen back into the soil. So it's, it's crucial. So that cuts down your, your nitrogen cost the next year. Oh yeah. You know, cause you're fixing it back in there from the atmosphere through this plant back in the soil. Oh yeah. I was going to say either that or you got to burn it or you're going to spend yeah. a bunch of money in lime trying to get that soil going back again. Yes. Cause you want your pH to sit around six to six and a half and, and you're pretty good, man. You know, um, but, I mean, it's all about the rotation, man, and having, like you were saying, a, a buffet. Cause, so, you know, we do have some moist soil, but uh, like I say, when the river gets out, there's really nothing you can do about it. But Yeah, I mean, it, you're putting your time in, in better places, you know. Yeah, <laughs> so, you know, but we do have some moist soil. And, you know, so we're, we're rotating these hunts between these holes and – and one way that we keep the pressure off is, man, we'll go in and scout. All right, there's X amount of birds here. Okay, when was the last client here? Okay, it's been five days. Awesome. We're going to go hunt that place in the morning. You know, it's been three days or whatever. We're not going to hunt the same hole back to back to back to back to back to back to back days because that will push out all the birds. And if you have stale birds, they're not going to come back. They're going to yeah neighbors or they're going to go to the refuge that touches the farm half a mile that way well yeah but you're doing it right by managing your pressure that yes man that's that's been that's the most frustrating thing ever when guys just want to burn a hole out mm-hmm. i mean you're you're it, it's not going to last you may get two days out of a hole yep but man it's not even worth it it's not man it's it's kind of like crop rotation man it's duck bond rotation you know, because once again, you plant corn too many years in a row and you hunt the same hole too many days in a row. Well, guess what? Your soles burn out and your holes burn out. And then what you going to do? <laughs> You're going to look at a, a field full of mud. Yeah, a field full of mud with no ducks and your coffee's going to be cold and your bacon's going to be crispy. <laughs> I mean, I'm saying, you know, and the eggs are going to burn and the toast will burn. It'll just be a bad day. Yep, it's not not even worth it, man. It uh, unless you just got a bunch of money to burn, yeah. uh, it's not worth it. 
Not at all, man. I don't, I don't enjoy burning money and I, I enjoy, you know, making the best habitat like you do for these, for these ducks, man. Cause it's not all about me. You know, that's, that's another really crucial point is we have got to look past ourselves, man. And, and realize it's not all about me or you or, or whoever, you know, it's about all of us as a whole making this for the future instead of it being about just the individual people you know man i mean if we don't work together like i said before this is not going to be a long-lasting thing oh yeah i totally agree on that so yeah we got to preserve what we have for the future yep Mm -hmm. Uh, so what do you what you got on the schedule for this year as far as your travel schedule goes man we've got oklahoma texas will be with the stewart ranch outfitter guys man those folks are outstanding. They have the oldest family-owned ranch in the state of Oklahoma. Oh, man. That's awesome. And let me tell you something. Clay Forrest and, and all the folks that work with him up there, they do a phenomenal job. I mean, man, I have yet to be disappointed. This will be year three of hunting with them. Every year, it's the same results. Are they, they putting you on any cranes out there? No, we didn't really chase the cranes, man. We were just beating down the ducks like clockwork. Oh man, yeah, I want to. I haven't made it out to Oklahoma yet. I, I, there's no reason I shouldn't. I got family out there and a couple of buddies that live out there and got some spots, but just haven't made it there yet. Man, well, if you're going, go to Warriki, Oklahoma. There's not much there. There's one truck stop and an AOK motel. It's cheap. And it's nasty, but buddy, let me tell you something. It sleeps real good after three long days of duck hunting. Yeah, when you said A OK, it just reminds me of a thirty-five dollar an hour billboard out front. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's fifty dollars a night. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. But uh but man, it you know, the Stewart Ranch, man, they do a great job. And if you're out that way, it's worth giving them a call. Uh they'll take care of you. I mean, really, we'll take care of you. Heck yeah! Well, I'll be uh, I'll be sure to look into them if I can make it out that way. Yeah, uh, we got that. Uh, Texas. Uh, we're going to be back in Georgia, Tennessee, Kentucky, um, Missouri, Illinois. We'll be a little bit everywhere this year, and uh, looking at doing a black bear hunt in North Carolina this fall. So. Man, we we all over the place, and heck, while I'm there, I may try to draw my swan tag and and knock that off the list. At that point, when I kill my tundra swan, I will have every goose, swan, and crane species on the 41 list. Oh man, in North That's America, awesome. That's, That's awesome. One I have left. I've killed every main species of goose in North America. Now there's a bunch of subspecies. Yeah, I was about to say, what about an Egyptian? No, I haven't got that one. I'm talking about the main ones on the list because that one's not on the list. Yeah. We kill those in South Florida uh, pretty regular. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I, my buddies down in Florida keep talking about it. I was like, man, they're never going to make it to Arkansas. But if they do, I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> or we can go down to Florida and smash them. Hey, I'm, I'm down to get a tan while killing birds. Hey, buddy, let me tell you something. I love my buddies in Florida. Love them to death. Man, we were out there hunting. It was 57 degrees or 60, and they were freezing to death. <laughs> I'm sitting over here in a little, you know, just a long sleeve thin shirt sweating to death. And I was like, 
y'all are for real cold? Oh, man. Gosh, I was like, boys, y'all need to come up the Midwest and hunt. Will you be cold? Yeah, you'll be real cold. Well, is that that's that's uh hurts your fingers cold. <laughs> oh, I, I so I, I got to tell this story just because it, it was funny. Yeah. That uh, so it was the first time we had hunted together when you came out to my place. And yeah. I don't know, if, man. I wish I could remember how cold it was. All I know is we had about an inch of ice. Yeah. Maybe a little bit more. We spent a good part of an hour breaking ice, and I think you were like, "Hey, man, you got an ice heater?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember handing you a trolling motor and a truck battery, and I was like, "Yeah, just just put that on the uh, drain pipe over there." Yeah. But hey, it worked. I couldn't yeah. believe it. Hey, man, look, some of the most redneck homemade rigs work the best. Hey, it, it worked. I mean, <laughs> got, got us out of a pinch, didn't it? Oh man, that I'll never forget that group of teal that came in. We didn't oh. shoot at. Man, they blistered in and we were all sitting there talking <laughs> jaw jacking and and then all right cool we could have just shot a limited till but whatever guys let's just yeah. talk you know i was the same i mean i was right in the middle of it wasn't even paying attention <laughs> i mean 10 feet yeah. coming at our face yes golly each other like did that just happen i man i i can't believe it still to this day that that would have been the easiest shot yeah, yeah, and it did happen. It happened. <laughs> no, well, man, uh, got go you know, two more for you. All right, who uh, who do you look up to in the hunting industry? Man, probably Phil Robertson, and not because of Duck Dynasty or none of that stuff, but because he's a man of God, you know, and and where he came from before he knew God, and as he is now, that's commendable in my book. Yeah, I agree on that. It really is, man. I mean, you know, you see that transformation occur. And look how many people he's reached for God. And that's a beautiful story, man. And and I I love that about what he does is is, is his walk with God, man, and where he came from. Because my story's not like that. You know, I was raised in church. Yeah, I was a little bit of a heathen, but, you know, not like that. You know, but that's the beautiful thing about us as a body of Christ is we're all different for a reason. You know, no two are alike and that's what makes it all such a beautiful thing. Yeah. And man, it, it's fun, fun getting to home with you and talk to your being your buddy, man. It, yeah. You know, during a conversation, you know, I half the time I don't notice it until later. And I'm like, how did he sneak that in? I didn't notice you, You'll, you'll say something in the middle of a conversation, you know, just sneak in a Bible verse or say something about God. And, yeah. You don't think about it at the time, but then down the road, you're like, man, I kind of needed that. I didn't know I needed it, but you kind of snuck it in there. And, you know, it's just, it's one of those things, you know, you don't, you don't have to be a preacher by any means, but there's subtle hints and things you can kind of relate to and kind of makes you think a little bit more the rest of the day. Absolutely, man. Cause you know, uh, I don't judge anybody because listen, I could be judged just as fast as everybody else. Um, you know, uh, all I do, man, is I, I just love to see people happy. And I want people to know who God is so I can see him again, man. You know, I don't want nobody to go to hell, you know, but I'm not going to beat anybody over the head either. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, that's their choice. All I can do is say, look, here's a Bible verse. This is what it means to me, and this is how it's impacted my life. And I'll leave it at that. You know, I, I'm not going to, you know – 
beat somebody over the head with it, call them every day and say, hey, look, you need to do this. It's like, no, you can make up your own mind, but this is where I stand. Take it or leave it, you know, and I'm going to love you either way. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, everybody knows where you stand and who you are. Yeah, man, and I respect the next man just like, you know, everybody wants wants that. You know, everybody wants somebody to respect them and appreciate them in some capacity. And, you know, man, I, I, I find it funny. Sometimes I roll into camp and people are, oh, preacher man's here. I'm like, no, sir, don't even go there. I'm not the preacher man. Listen, I'm a normal dude that just likes to share the gospel. I still fail. I still sin every single day, every day. And if you can show me a man that has no sin and no blame other than Jesus Christ, I want to talk to him. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. You know, I'll, I want to talk to him and uh, see what he's all about. Cause it's probably a lie. <laughs> well, yeah. He, would, he definitely wouldn't be a duck hunter. Cause you know, he couldn't, no, couldn't be a duck hunter not tell no. a lie every now and then. No, no, <laughs> no, not at all, man. Uh, you know, so that's that's kind of my wrap on things as far as like you know what I do and and how I, you know, man. And I, I didn't even realize you noticed that little stuff like that, man. And a lot of times, you know, what's funny is I don't even realize I'm doing it. Yeah, hey, don't don't stop doing it. There's nothing no. wrong with it, man. I I enjoy it. I. And it's funny because I never, I never catch it in any of our conversations. It's always <laughs> later on. I'm like, man, I, somebody was just telling me about that. I'm like, yep, yeah, I, t- I talked to Ben today. <laughs> 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 so yeah, man, there's nothing wrong with it. I, I love it. Yeah, but right. you know, when people look at my life, I want them to look at me and see a failure that was saved and resurrected by Christ. Um. Not anything of my own doings, man, because none of this is my own doings. The show is none of it, man. It's None of it is done by me. He orchestrated all of it and facilitated all of it. I'm just the mouthpiece. That's yep. It. Yep. That is it, man. Oh, that's awesome. Well, ben, I, I appreciate having you on tonight. I was going to say, how, how can uh, everybody find you on social media? And if they want to reach out with any questions, do you mind? No, I don't mind at all. If anybody has any questions, feel free. Uh, Benjamin the Duck Hunter, Big Harry Redneck on the Instagram. Uh, Rooted Television on the Instagram. It's Rooted underscore television. Um, yeah, or, you know, if you want to reach out and have questions too, um, you can reach out to the Rooted Television at gmail.com email address, and I'd be more than happy to, to talk to you or, or whatever. I, I love meeting new people and you know, uh, I always learn something from folks, too. There's never been a day that I haven't learned something. Yeah, no kidding, man. That's, that's the beauty of life. You never you never stop learning. Yes, sir. But Well, Ben, man, I hope you have a good night. I appreciate it, and uh, hopefully we can get round two going at, uh, at my duck camp this year. Sounds if, good to see you. If you ever make it out. Oh, yeah. Hey, look, <laughs> I, I'm never opposed to hunting those old Arkansas bottoms now. Well, as long as you don't show up late, we can make it happen. I ain't gonna show up late. <laughs> I <did> last time. <laughs> Whatever. Well, it's all good. Just drop me a pin to the blind, and I'll show up there with breakfast. How about hey, that? hey, yeah, you sh- you were there, so yeah. you're That's late right. to the house, but you were on time to the property. <laughs> That's right. I was on time to the property. Absolutely was. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah.
Buddy, well, all right, brother. Well, I appreciate you having me on. And uh, if there's any way I can help you in the future, just let me know. Yeah, man. I appreciate it. All right, buddy. Talk all right, to see you, man. See you.